We don't slut shame around here. They say we are what we eat. Does that come in organic? So who are you eating? I believe they call that an ethical slut. Can I unplug your phone so I can charge my vibrator? I can't believe he couldn't find it. Fuck it. Let's roll. You're listening to Eat, Play, Sex with Dr. Cat, the place to up-level that sexy life of yours with expert talk on sex, love, and nutrition. Hey, my sexy lovers, and welcome to another episode of Eat, Play, Sex. I'm your sex expert, Dr. Cat. And for those of you who've been following me on Instagram at Sex Love Yoga, you've probably heard or watched videos about me re-entering into the dating world. And in this time of the pandemic, it's been extra special, aka incredibly confusing and a total mindfuck. So today, you've got me as I share with you my musings around relationship labels, decrypting the puzzles of whether this is a date or not, and ghosting. But before we jump into that, I want to ask you, how's your chemistry game? We all want fire-hot chemistry in our love lives, and yet I see so often where people fall into the trap of trauma bonding or convincing themselves that if it's not there naturally, then it never will be. I'd like to give you a few pointers about how you can supercharge your love life with hot, healthy chemistry from the start. February 21st, I'll be live co-teaching a workshop, Creating Chemistry with Adam Roa. It'll be a power-packed 90 minutes of tips, tricks, and education to support you in having a more passion-filled relationship. Signups are open. Check out the link in the show notes. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe and leave me a sexy review. If you have a topic you want me to highlight in an upcoming episode, be sure to include that because my goal here is to help you to eat, play, and sex so much better. Like today, where we're going to jam on how you can date so much better because let's face it, the status it's complicated is an understatement. Recently, I was in a conversation with somebody that I had met years ago in a random community event and, you know, running into them from time to time. And we made the decision to hang out, get some socially distanced tea and just meet each other more than running into each other at events. And it was fun. There was a lot of shared commonalities and great stories and, and laughter. And at the end of the hanging out, there was an invitation for an extension of the time that we spent together, followed up with a, should we do this again? And that's a natural response. You know, it makes sense when there's been a good time had by all that you want to continue that. You want to see what else is there. And yet that wasn't the intention that I had come into this with, nor was it something that I wanted to to move into with the intention of dating, but rather a deepening of a friendship. And, And that's exactly what I clearly communicated. Because for me, it's really important to be able to define what our intentions are so that everybody can relax into it. You know, when we know what the edges are, even if things change down the line, at least We know where each other is at the beginning or even just in every part of the unfolding 
so that we don't have to guess or we don't have to be nervous or or be super watchful of our actions of you know maybe what I do is going to turn this other person off but we can just chill so after expressing where I was it was interesting I turned this over in my head did I communicate signs that this was a date and how often we can fall into the state of ambiguity. You know, it's this classic crisis in all the 90s rom-coms, quote-unquote, is this a date? (laughs) So how do we determine, without flat-out asking directly, is this that I'm about to go on a date, or is it not? Or even in retrospect, was that a date? What am I supposed to do next about that? Which brings me to challenge number one in dating 2021 edition. How to tell if it's a romantic date or a hangout with a friend or a hookup vibe. First indication, if it's just the two of you, then more than likely it's a date or a hookup. Now in the story that I shared, I totally get that I was, there were two of us and that makes sense why one person would perceive that it might be, um, there might be an interest there, it might be a date or even just the opportunity to ask if there could be more. If there are more than just the two of you, like if this is a group activity, you know, then more than likely it's just a friendship. But if you want to move it, from a friendship or a friend hang to something that's more romantic, again, there's the opportunity to ask, hey, I would love to get to know you. I'd love to spend one-on-one time with you and and we have great vibe. You know, let's, I'd love to see what else is there. It's great. Again, it's being clear about intentions. It's being authentic and (laughs) it's being courageous. I love it when people are courageous and step forward. Second consideration, if there are plans in place, if there's been preparation or if there are organized details like a specific time, a specific place, or even a specific thing to wear, maybe they asked you ahead of time what things you like to eat or what things you like to do, then all signs would probably lean towards it's a date. Think about it. There is intentional time and effort to make sure that this is something that you would enjoy and that helps you to feel important. You know, on a date, we want to make somebody feel valued and appreciated and desired. So we put that effort in. On the other side, <laughs> if the plans are coincidental, say you just ran into the person or their last minute, hey, I'm on this side of the town. What are you doing? What are you around? Or my plans just got canceled. What are you up to? Probably more of a hookup or a hangout with a friend. It doesn't take much time and effort to ensure that you are made to feel important. And, and here's where it's tricky and can be misinterpreted. Often at the beginning stages of meeting someone, it's quote unquote safer to be casual and asking if the person is free last minute. You know, in that situation, stakes are really low and we can suss out the situation before making a declaration of, I'm interested in you. Why else do you think they came up with the term Netflix and chill? It's a way to make it appear ambiguous so that it can reduce the likelihood of rejection by asking straight up, 
hey, I'm interested in you, or hey, do you want to come over and hook up, or I'm interested in something that's no strings attached. (laughs) And if it is after 9 p.m., I think it's safe to say that this is a booty call. It's just common knowledge, last minute, late into the evening or later, more than likely, that's the intention. Indication number three, before you go on this experience, (laughs) on a date, you probably feel the butterflies in your stomach. And we don't want to be necessarily highly anxious, but we also don't want to be lax. You know, there's a fluttering in the body. And of course, because this is activating all the uncertainty and the anticipation, which in a nervousness and excitement are the same experience in the body. It's the same hormones that are being produced, but through a different lens. You know, nervousness is more based around survival or threat and, often, you know, our perceived sense of worthiness or the fear of rejection, whereas excitement is more of anticipation of something that, like something positive or something desirable. I think that's important to remember as we go forward into any type of experience. You know, we feel the body's visceral reaction and how are we going to interpret that? Whoo, I feel in my body. I'm nervous slash excited at the same time. But if you do feel an underlying ulterior motive at play through them, or you get the feeling that you aren't the top priority, maybe they're super distracted, or you feel pressure to go back to their place, hook up for sure, for sure. Maybe friend, but if that's the case and they're really distracted or you're feeling pressured or you're not feeling like you're fully tended to and not a priority, I'd question whether this would be a relationship, a friendship that you would even want to nurture. Indication number four, how much energy and effort has been put into the meetup? Think about how much energy you're putting into your hair or the clothes that you wear. <laughs> and I think there's, you know, there's definitely a spectrum there of putting too much attention on your presentation or on getting ready. But if you do notice that you are putting a lot of energy and effort into it, at least on your end, you're perceiving this as more of a date or a potential to lead into dating. Think about it. How much energy and effort do you put in to yourself to go chill with your homies? Like probably not that much, especially right now. I think the most that I dress up is leisure wear, (laughs) which is like pajamas that you want people to see. (laughs) They're cute and they're super cozy. You can get an idea of what the other person is intending by how much effort they've put into themselves too. And sometimes this might not be fully visible, but you know, we want to make a good impression And this can help us to see, you know, what might their intention be? Again, if they're just chilling in their sweats, (laughs) could be more of a hookup or a a friend situation. Number five or six, I don't even know. Number five, oh, and this one's a big one for me. If phones are off the table and you are both 
the center of each other's attention. If there are signs of flirting or body language that imply attraction, things like leaning in or pupil dilation, or can, if you can really lean in and see their eyes, <laughs> imitating actions, like mirroring their actions, you know, you're both sitting in the same way that mirror each other, or even brushing up touches, you know, like maybe your knees connect or maybe your hands glide against one another or they're leaning on the back of the chair and their elbow is touching yours. If there's teasing, if there's joking around, all of these can be signs of flirting. And this is a good sign that this is a date. Now I have been in situations where these were present and those were not interactions that I desired. And as much as it can feel awkward to express yourself in those moments, it's incredibly important because we don't want to end up creating a situation where they're believing that this has happened, that this is one intention or one thing is going on and they're just going to continue to progress where you are in this space of like, I don't want this to progress. I don't want any of this. I, I'm not interested in this. I'm more interested in a friendship. Because not everybody's good at attunement. Like we wish everybody could read our signs and signals. And that's just not always the case. Sometimes people are seen through a lens that to be able to avoid reading the facial expressions or the body language of the other person that would indicate that they're not interested. So being more direct, or if you are unsure yourself or you're in ambiguity, can you express, can you ask? I get it. You're probably like, but Dr. Cat, it's really weird. It's really awkward. How do I do that? I remember one situation where I was with somebody and it wasn't going well, <laughs> but we were talking and I was making effort to connect with them, even though we really didn't have anything in common at all. And he reached over and just grabbed my hand and my body at first I froze because I have a tendency to freeze when I'm in situations that cause me to go into a fight or flight re response as in my nervous system gets activated. I shut down. So anyway, I'm watching this guy hold my hand and observing that that's not what I wanted. And I used that exact process to communicate. And I just said, wow, I noticed that I just tensed up when you grabbed my hand. And I feel that that's not where I want to go with that yet. I don't feel comfortable yet entering into that phase of getting to know you. And I removed my hand and he was stunned at first. And then his response back was, wow, I'm, I'm really impressed with how connected you are with yourself and to be able to express yourself in that way. And truthfully, I've never had an issue with expressing myself in that way. And primarily because I'm owning my own experience. I'm not blaming. I'm not shaming. I'm not trying to make somebody wrong. I'm not calling somebody a creep. I'm not, you know, saying, uh, fuck you. You're not getting consent to be able to hold my hand. And I could say all those things, of course, but that's not what I want to do. I don't want to create situations that 
make somebody feel awful, nor do I need to go about it, you know, um, making a lot of vague remarks and not fully expressing myself. We can set our boundaries. We can express where we're at without shaming somebody. And I think that's an important thought to remember. Stay connected with yourself. Feel what's coming up in your body. And if you don't know what it is, if you can't decipher the voice of the body, instead of making the body wrong, be authentic and own it. And say, you know, I don't know what's coming up for me, but I noticed that my body just just reacted, or I noticed that my throat just closed, or I just noticed my heart starting beating really fast. And I, and then express what it is that you need to be able to help you to feel met or taken care of or safer or regulated and voice that. Sometimes I really don't know what my body is trying to tell me. And sometimes it may be projecting something into the situation that might be coming from a past trauma and not something that is present here in that moment because I might actually be safe, but my body perceives that I'm not safe. Again, I don't want to make the body wrong, but I do want to take care of the body and do what it needs to do, even if it doesn't make rational sense in the moment. This also creates intimacy because it's allowing the other person to see what your internal process is. They cannot tell what your thoughts and your feelings are. They can't feel your body reaction unless you guys are like snuggling up with each other and your head is in their neck or, you know, they can literally feel that. (laughs) But even then, they can't interpret it because they don't have your own core belief system. They don't have your life experiences. So you expressing these helps them to feel closer with you. And even if this turns out to be just a friendship, we can still create deep, intimate moments or friendships. And if this is somebody in passing, you get to practice what it's like to be authentic and own yourself. Indication number six. If the two of you have been getting together on a regular basis without any sort of progression towards romance or committed relationship, You might be stuck in the friend zone or an easy go-to option for entertainment and company. So maybe you are more available than their other friends. And so, and then because it's easy to hang out with you and it's just, it's relaxed. And so you may have become their go-to to fill the time or for a guaranteed fun time. And that isn't necessarily saying that it can't be romantic or it can't progress into committed relationship. But I would be asking the question of what are you doing to progress that along? Or are you simply in the space of waiting for the other person to progress this along? That is a critical point to consider. You know, are we putting all of our potential of this outcome on the other person? Which creates the opportunity that if they don't step forward and take that initiative, then it may be fueling this old wound that we have that we're not wanted, that we're not desired, or may make us even feel like we'll never find someone. You know, the whole scarcity mindset that there's nobody out there that we like that likes us back. 
And then even we like when somebody is courageous and they lean in and they take those risks. You know, there's something attractive about somebody who takes that risk. And even if this doesn't lead to end up dating, at least now you both know, or at least you know, and everybody can relax again into knowing where the edges are. Indication number seven, if there isn't a follow-up after the two of you spend time together, then this might be a friend situation or a hookup. Because think about it, if we're interested in somebody in a romantic way, we wanna stay connected with them. We want to create the attachment or the um, attaching actions of pinging them on the cell phone or sending them a meme or sending them a song that we like. So those are all non-threatening ways to at least keep the connection going. And if you aren't hearing from them from across the airwaves, then it might be either a date gone wrong or it was just a hang. Or maybe they're waiting for you to take the initiative. <laughs> you know, have you taken the initiative? But either way, if there isn't that reciprocating energy or show of interest, then perhaps it's, it's time that we open ourselves to another possibility elsewhere. And let me take a moment to shout out to one of my new favorite must-have drinks from Elemental Labs, who is sponsoring this episode. I swear, the most delicious electrolyte drinks, and with no sugar, no artificial ingredients, or colors, so you can be sure it's all nourishment straight to your sexy body. And it's so good for your sexy body. Electrolytes are known to be key for relieving hunger, cramps, headaches, tiredness, and dizziness. Ugh, sounds great, right? I love the lemon habanero and the mango chili flavors. It's like the best pleasure in my mouth. <laughs> so link is in the show notes for a free sampler pack. Just add shipping and see why I love it. Which brings me to challenge number two in the dating 2021 edition, ghosting. Okay. So I, Dr. Cat, transparently admit that I have ghosted more than a few times. And even as my adult mature version of myself, ah, okay, I said it, there it is. And I'm not proud of this fact, but it is a part of me and my human experience nonetheless. This is a question that I've asked multiple of my friends. You know, how do you end it? Whether it's after a date or maybe it's after texting with a person for a while or after a FaceTime like we're doing here during the pandemic, <laughs> a FaceTime date. You know, how do you let them know that you're no longer interested? And so many of them are responding to me, you know, oh, you just stopped talking to him. That's natural. That's normal part of the culture now. And that doesn't really feel good for me. But how do we put a bookend on an interaction with somebody? And really, it's a spectrum of possibilities, all ranging from direct communication to moving on with another person before the other one had a chance to end, or <laughs> just completely stopping the communication altogether. Or maybe the whole phasing out practice. <laughs> so the spectrum of interaction really ranges from activity that's more passive, which is ghosting, to something that is more active, which is power partying or direct communication. And 
When I'm referring to ghosting, I'm referring to the ceasing of communication suddenly or entirely with someone that you are dating but no longer wish to date. This is the text message of crickets when you're asking them a question. And I get it. This is the quote unquote easy way out because it's we aren't dealing with what is present. We're not taking accountability for our part in the interaction. And we're leaving the other person possibly in a short-term emotional chaos, maybe confusion, doubt of themselves, maybe even long-term resentment, depending on how long you've, this interaction has been going. And oftentimes when we look at this, this is, it was a very avoidant pattern and more than likely comes from the space that you can't face the pain that you will inflict. You can't stand the un- discomfort of seeing somebody else feeling disappointed or upset. So you become invisible. You disappear so that you don't have to take responsibility or feel that feeling of the disconnect. And I fully admit, it doesn't feel good, but neither does no longer receiving any responses from somebody. The next step up on that spectrum, less passive, slightly more active, is called icing. And this is making up a reason to suspend the relationship, like I'm too busy, or I just don't have the time right now, and I can't wait to hang out with you when my schedule frees up, or I need to stay in and focus tonight. This can do a couple of things to the to the recipient. You know, One, they might take that as literal, oh, they're just busy. Okay, I'll continue to hold space for the potential of this person when that isn't the truth. So you're causing them to waste their time because you're not allowing them to move on (laughs) and create something for themselves that might be in more alignment. Or they may be able to read right through this and end up having so much resentment for you because you're not being honest. You're not speaking up. You're not holding responsibility here. And of course, so if the person is icing, then maybe they want the person to pine for them. Just in case they change their mind, you know, this person will be there for them. Or during times where they're feeling lonely, they can reach out to you knowing that you will be there because you're holding that space for them. The next step up on the spectrum of relationship accountability is simmering. And this is reducing the frequency of dates and communication. So this is where you're slowly fading the person out. And you're saying things like you're canceling at the last minute, or you're telling them, sorry for short notice. Um, Maybe we can get together next week. There's a very vague experience of a commitment there. You know, it's always lingering and canceling. This might stem that something isn't quite right or isn't quite working out for the person who is simmering, but they like the security of the companionship and they want the spaciousness to be able to browse around for somebody else who might be quote unquote better, but still holding you on a string. So even in this situation, the other person, the recipient is holding the space. And this is really confusing 
Because as a recipient, you can feel that something's off, but there isn't quite enough evidence for a direct confrontation. Because if you do confront the person, they'll be like, no, of course I want to hang out with you. I'm just, yeah, I just couldn't do it tonight or something came up or fucking hate. I'm in flow. (laughs) Like these are not, these are very, again, avoidant strategies. I think pretty much all three of those are avoidant strategies and choosing not to take the responsibility, avoiding the feeling of the discomfort that might ensue or the discomfort of hurting their chances of having somebody companionship around. And the last one is the furthest on the end of the spectrum that's more active in holding the accountability of the relationship. And this is direct communication. This is taking, this is power parting, like power couples, but this is ending it conclusively in a language that cannot be misinterpreted by wishful thinking. This is very direct. This is, there's no line. This is where you're simply saying, this isn't working out for me. You know, maybe we show appreciation for the other person for sharing the night that you did or expressing that you really enjoyed the time together and that you wish them the best of luck in the dating world. You know, there's been experiences where I've been fully honest of just saying, you know, I'm feeling more of an energy or a friend energy between us. And so I'm choosing to not progress this in the dating. And that's actually been received very well. Of course, (laughs) my body tenses up before I say that. It's not easy. And yet it clearly communicates to the other person where you're at. And now they can go forth into the world and find something that is more resonant with them. There's clarity, there's a resolution, there's way faster healing time for everyone. No one's haunted by these hopes or these, this ambiguity. And you have clear cut boundaries to where you can move forward without worrying about how this other person is thinking or what you're going to do about it or how you're going to end it because you just did. This also helps you to build self-trust because it's giving you the evidence that you know and trust yourself well enough to know when something isn't working and you have the faith to, for the future to be able to assert that for yourself. This is evidence that you can take care of yourself. And if the other person goes to you, Think of it as a gift that they are giving you. We didn't have to waste our time down the line discovering that we weren't a good match and we had to dump them for ourselves. They dumped themselves for us, which is pretty sweet, really. And then we can have a super nice solo date with ourselves, you know, a little self-pleasure night to ourselves, put on the good tunes, get on the, the candles, light some incense, bring out the toys, bring out the uber lube. Sex education side note here. I love uber lube. It's my favorite lubrication to use. It feels super silky and smooth. And I preach this to every woman, especially, but to men too. Um, how much lubrication can add a benefit to our sexual pleasure. So whether you're self-pleasuring or you're using a toy, or I guess even if somebody didn't ghost you and you have a partner with you, 
This is my favorite. There isn't any taste. There's no smell. It works really well in the shower and underwater. And even just a little bit goes a really long way. It's not like another type of lube that gets dry after a while of using it. It stays slick for a really long time. And it makes play so much more enjoyable. Like you're not chafing or, you know, getting rug burn from touching yourself or even painful self-pleasure or sex. It's, it's my favorite for a good time with myself. <laughs> I'm putting that there to all of my audience members. Just so you know, you can get 10% off of Uber Lube using the code EPS. 10. And did I mention the bottle is really pretty? Like it's very luxurious and I have it literally sitting on my counter right next to my bed for all the world to see. And I don't really care because it just looks like a little perfume bottle, which is nice. <laughs> but say so we didn't experience the ghost and we got through to the next level on Super Mario and we faced challenge number three in Dating 2021 edition. What do we call this now? Dating, hookups, hanging out, together, girlfriend, boyfriend, my partner, my girl, my man friend, friends with benefits, open relationships. You know, I remember during simpler times back in high school, we would call it talking. And now we have so many terms to describe where we experience ourselves in the spectrum of um, where are we, <laughs> what are we, and why does it even matter for us to have labels? You know, if we continue forward without putting a name to it, does that make a difference? I actually think that the intention of a label is helpful because it communicates to others the significance of this person in our lives. It can define expectations around where we're going or how we interact with this other person. And yet, at the same time, definitions and labels can fail us because we can use the same word and be referring to something completely different than the other person. The word dating for one person may mean that this is in pursuit of a future partnership or the potential of a partnership. Whereas for another person, dating might be just a social activity that they do where they get to go out with other people and enjoy their company over dinner or dancing or walking about the town with their mask on and socially distancing, obviously. <laughs> so I think it's important to clarify the concept of dating or clarify whatever definition you are deciding to encapsulate what it is that the two of you or three of you or four of you are creating together, are co-creating together, because this helps us to get onto the same page the longer that we stay in the phase of ambiguity where we don't know what it is that we're doing, the more likely that we can get hurt or the other person can get hurt or we may be wasting our time or we may become even more emotionally invested and thus create potential for, for harder falling or hurting and longer time of healing. 
And if you find yourself in the stage of ambiguity and not sure whether you should stay or you should go, check out my episode with Traver Boehm. It is amazing. We dive into all the questions that you should be asking yourself about whether you should stay and work on it or whether it's time to say goodbye. And I think the big question here is, when is it optimal to ask the question, what are we? And I think this is important to consider. There's so many different theories, so many thoughts around this. And there, I wouldn't necessarily say that there is a quote unquote right way of doing this. You know, I've heard where people are like, the moment that you start having that question in your own head. But what if that is really soon, like after two dates asking that question? That might be a bit too soon for that because how much do we actually know? We're still in the state of limerence. We're still in this lusty state where we want the person and, and vice versa. Um, potentially. And so we're confused with all kinds of hormones that are coursing through our body. And, and that isn't a very accurate representation of whether this is a good partner or a good fit for us or not. So, but at the same time, we don't want to wait so long, like so many months, because not only is that a waste of time, but it can cause anxiety to build up. There's so much more time for our mind to mull it over and to create evidence, you know, quote unquote evidence to suggest they like us, they don't like us, and, and perhaps not even hold a, an accurate picture. And the longer that we wait to have that clarifying conversation, the more emotionally invested we become in their answer. And like I said a moment ago, it becomes a lot, it takes longer for the healing process to occur. So introducing this question is important. How do we do this? I think for starters, it's important to come to the person or express this question when the two of you are not in a distracting location. <laughs> you know, you're not watching a sports game. You're not out in an amusement park going on roller coasters. Of course, you can't really do that right now. But you are able to be fully present with one another. And there's also not other stressors that are on the plate. You know, if there's a lot of stressors on somebody to add that question, maybe more than what they can tolerate at that moment maybe beyond their threshold of what they can tolerate. And, and so we really want to honor the timing as well as being mindful that we don't look for, quote unquote, the perfect timing because there also isn't such a thing. So it's more of just attuning to the other person and being mindful, but also being proactive. So we can ask simple questions like, how do you think that we're doing? Or I would really like to talk about what we both want from this relationship. And that can be a very non-confrontal way to bring up the subject without becoming defensive or aggressive or resentful or even putting a um, ultimatum that it has to be one way or another. Now, sometimes people are going to be able to define what it is that they want in this, this particular relationship or relationship in general. And sometimes they legitimately need more time to think. And that's okay. We don't want to blame somebody for needing for more time to be able to sit with this, journal it, if they journal, um, just you know, process this themselves and figure out, okay, 
separate from the energy of this person? What is it that I'm wanting to create for myself? What type of relationship do I want? Does it fit with this person? Do our lifestyles fit? Do our values fit? And sometimes we can be caught up in the fun and the the fantasy of the excitement of a blossoming relationship and get lost in that and forget about having this more logical, rational um, self-inquiry. So it's okay to have that space. But if this is repeatedly brought up and taken off of the table or not given a definition, that is a clear sign that you need to move on. Because for whatever reason, and perhaps that person may or may not be connected with that reason, they may not have the insight to be able to answer that for you as hard as that is, like we want to have closure. We want to have clear understanding and we just won't always get that from another person. But what we can decide is that we have a right to know what is expected here or what is unfolding here and to be strung along without having any sort of expression or declaration towards an intention or towards a direction of, an, of creating something is not honoring what you truly want. What you truly want um, is a relationship here. You want to form and co-create something here that is meaningful and deep and romantic And again, this isn't about your worth or your value, but more about improper fit. And I believe that coming back to that over and over again can help reduce the effects of the feeling of rejection because it's got nothing to do with our value as a person, not really. As much as we've socially conditioned ourselves to believe that it is. It is more around me in this time, space, and experience, and this person in this time, space, and experience are not a match for whatever reason. Perhaps we need to do a little more self-work. Perhaps we need to take care of ourselves better. Perhaps there is a different lifestyle that doesn't fit with the other person multitude of reasons and it's okay and now you know and now you can move forward there really are only two possible outcomes when it comes to the response of asking this question you'll either hear what you want to hear or you won't and if it's not the answer that we want to hear we can't make that person say what we want them to hear. And we cannot wait around hoping that they'll change their mind or anticipating that they'll change their mind. We need to honor that here and now is the decision. If that changes in the future, they can come to us and express that. But it's not up to us to go forth and chase that other person to make them change their mind or influence them, or tell them what they're missing, or that they have to try harder. I've definitely experienced that. I've definitely been on the receiving end of that. 
And it's not kind, it's not honoring consent, and it's not healthy. So as we all go forth into this world, creating more clarity around what it is that we are creating, (laughs) it is my hope to you that you give yourself the permission to express where you are authentically, that you ask for what it is that you most desire, that in your negotiation, you don't self-sacrifice and that you allow yourself the ability to create the types of relationships that you want and not necessarily what society says a relationship or dating or love is supposed to be looking like. Now I know you're all sexually curious and you're wanting to just dive into everything that you can learn about your sexuality and your empowerment around your pleasure, right? (laughs) Well, I've got another podcast that I want to highly, highly recommend to check out. It's a new one and it's called Higher Sex with Kelly McDonald Arnold, who is also a sexologist and personal and relationship therapist. She's also just really funny and intelligent and thought-provoking with all these topics around sex. Her recent episode about sexual desire discrepancy was really enlightening. This is one of those questions that I get asked people so often about, you know, my partner has a high sex driver, I have a low sex driver, vice versa, and how do we remedy that? And if we think about desire as something that is multi-layered with so many different contextual pieces, then we can really um, empower ourselves to be able to create desire again, instead of just being a victim to circumstance. So go check Kelly out. Tell me what you think. It's Higher Sex Podcast. I'll include the link in the show notes. Lovers, thank you again for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, hit subscribe and head over to eatplaysex.com to connect with me and grab my sexy guides. Because my goal here is to get you to eat play and sex better so you can improve your sex life which will improve every aspect of your life until next time keep it sexy